think the market might be the stock market might be underpricing the risk that, that the bond market yeah. sees. Yeah, and I, and I think you know, in, except for the the natural bond buyers who have duration bogies uh, and they have to be invested at certain durations. Um, I mean, who who wants to buy that debt at this at this point? You're listening to IBKR Podcasts. Find more conversations at ibkrpodcasts.com. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Welcome to this week's economic podcast from Interactive Brokers. Joining me, Andrew Wilkinson, to discuss U.S. economics this week, we have Steve Sosnick, Interactive Brokers Chief Strategist. Hello. Senior Economist, Jose Torres. Hello. And Head of Global Fixed Income Trading, Joe Burke. Hello. Welcome, gentlemen. Now, markets got a reassuring message to begin November. Employment gains in October appeared to cool, while the September data was revised down somewhat, and the national rate of unemployment rose to 3.9%. And I think that one of the most important observations over the last two weeks is that the bond market has done much of the Fed's work for it, and yields are cooling down substantially. Jose, let's start with you. What aspects of the labor market do you think are slowing, if at all? Well, definitely we got another downward bias on revisions. And most of the job growth last month came from non-cyclical areas once again, education, health, and government. Five out of 14 sectors lost jobs. Wage gains slowed to the slowest pace of the year. Uh, the labor force declined, which also contributed to an increase in the unemployment rate. I think going forward, soft, stable data is going to be key. Uh, we don't want data that's too hot. That's going to put the Fed back on the market's radar. And we also don't want data that's too cold that can lead to adverse scenarios regarding company revenues and earnings. Do you think the deceleration points to a soft landing or a recession? I'm going to turn that over to Joe in a moment as well. What's your thought? I think that the path to a soft landing widened out. But again, the risks when we're going into late cycle monetary policy tightening are still remain elevated because, again, if economic activity starts to decline more sharply in the beginning of next year, then we have another problem on our hands. And we won't be worrying much about rates that are too high. We'll be worrying more about economic activity being too sluggish. Okay, Joe, can you pick up on that one? Sure. Recession or soft landing? Well, you know, I, I think that the uh, the Fed very much has the idea of do no harm on their on their minds in terms of policy. With that said, um, you know, there's a lot of ancillary data that suggests that perhaps uh, it's worse than they think it is. For example, credit card delinquencies, uh, auto auto loan delinquencies are as high higher than they were prior to the. Um, uh, the credit crisis in 2007, 2008. So we just don't know, but it, there's a lot of data out there that would suggest that it, it could be pretty ugly. Now, let's, let's stick with you, Joe. Politics seems to be creeping increasingly into the narrative for the bond market. How do you see the landscape there? Yeah, I, I think... I think it's more political dysfunction than than politics. And, you know, the United States has been able to borrow an enormous amount of money um, at very low rates because 
there was an assumption that they would ultimately always do the right thing. But the country's so divided at this point, and you know, we had a political assassination of a Speaker of the House. Um, we have we have a very divided country and Congress, and you know, they may not do what's in the best interest of the country. And that, my opinion, is that that is part of the reason why the longer term rates have gone higher, not because of strength in the economy, but because uh, we're just not we're not able to function like a normal democracy, and we're not going to necessarily make good policy decisions. Steve, let's turn to you. Talk about the stock market. Is Apple still a growth stock, do you think? I, I'm going to say that the the jury is, is is out on that one. I think Apple is really a, a, a value stock priced like a growth stock, which puts it in a very interesting situation. Um, this, Apple just reported its fourth consecutive quarter of declining year-over-year revenues. By any standard, that is actually not growth. Now, Apple is a phenomenal value stock. I, I don't know how many people in this room besides myself basically cut a monthly check to Apple for their iCloud use and everything else. Oh, pretty I much, do. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much like I do to the to the electric company or something like that. But the problem is Apple's not priced like a utility. It's not a utility. They, 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 they're a product-oriented company. But, you know, with the 27 PE and pretty much no growth predicted, at least for the next 12 months, in either earnings or revenues, you know, I'm, I'm oversimplifying a bit. That's a pretty expensive stock. So you're paying a huge premium for the stability of cash flow, for the stability of earnings. Another interesting thing is they have, I think, $160 billion worth of cash on their books, which right now is earning, call it 5%, which two years ago was earning, or even a year ago was earning essentially nothing. So that's putting a big kick to the bottom line too. If we're, if we're talking about a, a rate cutting cycle, that profitability also starts to decline. It's a great company. I just don't know that it's priced appropriately for what we're seeing. Let me ask you, Jose, what's the next data point on investors' minds that's going to prove whether or not that the Fed's got things somewhat under control? Well, we have a quiet week this week. We just have um, some Fed speakers, uh, Powell speaking on Wednesday and on Thursday. But I think the big data point is going to come next week on CPI, Consumer Price Index, I'm anticipating that that report is only going to show a 0.1% increase in total headline consumer prices. And driving that is was that in uh, last month, we saw a significant decline in oil prices from September to October. Um, goods prices are also softening and services are softening as well. And given that it's a strong seasonal period, I'm expecting the market to give a big thumbs up to that CPI report next week. Yeah, I'd like to just add to that. In, in terms of economic data, there's not a lot going on, but the quarterly refunding is this week. So those auctions will be uh, very interesting to watch and um, we'll see how receptive uh, the public is to, uh, to taking on this debt. What's, what's your gut? I mean, because we, you know, we saw this huge decline in 10-year rates, and now we're going to have a 10-year auction. You know, we're taping this Monday around just before noon, and we've started to see the 10-year the yield tick up, you know, six, seven basis points off the lows of last week. Do you have a sense of how this might be, uh, you know, how the street might respond uh, to, to all the supply coming down? I think the three-year note will be well received. I don't think that I think the tens and thirties could have some struggles. Um, you know, we there was a recent auction that um, did not go well, and I, I it was a seven-year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we could see that happen again with the tens and thirties. It's, it's sort of anyone's guess at this point. My my point being that you know I think there's this sense that we've really recovered dramatically. You know, in both stocks and bonds, but 
this is a risk factor, um, especially when I look at VIX, you know, having gone from 20 to 15. Right. Um, I think the market might be, the stock market might be underpricing the risk that, that the bond market yeah. sees. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, in, except for the the natural bond buyers who have duration bogeys uh, and they have to be invested at certain durations. Um, I mean, who who wants to buy that debt at this at this point? I mean, you're you're going to want a higher uh, premium, I would think. I guess the closing message there, Steve, is watch this space. Watch this space. This is I, one of my theses here is that it has been. It's very hard to expect stability in risk assets when you have instability in in low risk assets. And so when you have the the two year note move 15 basis points in one day, as it did on Friday, that's inherently destabilizing because everything is based off the risk free rate. And we've re-rated the likelihood of the the likely path of the risk free rate. We went from saying maybe there was a one third chance of a rate hike by sometime before, you know, by the January meeting that's been priced out by five or 10% when I last checked this morning. And we're also now seeing, call it a 25 basis point lower terminal rate at the end of 2024. So that needs to be repriced. And and the the stock market liked the good side of that. But I think by sort of saying, oh, there's no more, you know, that's it, let's take out the volatility. And also, by the way, there's a huge influx of money being of ETFs that now involve some sort of systematic volatility selling which as someone who has sold volatility professionally for most of his career, um, that works really well until one day it doesn't. And I don't know when that is, but uh, you know, if everybody gets on that side of the trade, it increases the risks. Brilliant. Joe, Steve, Jose, thank you very much for joining me. And to the audience, don't forget, check out more podcasts at ibkrpodcast.com. And please don't forget to leave us a rating. Thanks for listening to IBKR Podcasts. As always, we have more episodes at ibkrpodcast.com. And if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education materials, such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary, seek professional advice. Futures are not suitable for all investors. The amount you may lose may be greater than your initial investment. Before trading futures, please read the CFTC Risk Disclosure. A copy and additional information are available at ibkr.com.